0: We have been uh, starting a little three-week journey, we call it Rethink 21, and uh, it's meant to be more than just a catchy phrase or something to try, but we've been feeling the Lord speaking to us just to be in a season of cleansing, a season of, of consecration, a season of sensitivity to just what the Lord is wanting to do in our lives and things He would point to that maybe have been obstructions or things that just kind of bring that haziness, that uncertainty to our lives. Uh, because the Lord wants to, as we're going to see in His Word this morning, He wants to use us. He wants us to understand really who we are and, uh, and really the transformation that can happen in our lives so that it happens around us as well. Our scripture this morning is Second Timothy chapter 2. <clears throat> Pardon me, we can read perhaps these two verses together. Second Timothy 2 verses 20 and 21. Let's read aloud and together this morning. In a large house there are not only things made of gold and silver, but also things made of wood and clay. Some things are used for special purposes, and others are made for ordinary jobs. All who make themselves clean from evil will be used for special purposes. They will be made holy, useful to the Master, ready to do any good work. I really believe this morning that if you know Jesus Christ, then it just makes sense that you not only want to go to heaven one day to be with the Lord, but you also want to be useful to the one who saved you here and now. You want to be useful to the one who rescued you from sin and actually has a purpose for your life. In fact, as Paul says here, we want to be used for special purposes. Now, that idea of purpose is kind of a word that we hear tossed around a fair bit in church circles. We talk about, you know, God's purpose, or as Paul says, these special purposes. But what does that really mean? What does it mean to have purpose? I think it's true in life. It's true, certainly, in the kingdom of God. But, but I think purpose is essentially what makes you feel like your life matters. Everybody's looking for a purpose. They're looking for, why am I here? How do I make an imprint with my life? How do I make a difference with my With my life. Purpose is what gives you clear goals. Purpose is what gives you a sense of what your next steps need to be. So that you're not just kind of living day to day or living aimlessly, but there's a sense of understanding who I am, who I am in this season of life. You may be in a season where. Uh, You have small children, and and that's kind of a a purpose that defines a lot of that season of what you need to give priority to, what you don't have time for, um, you know, what your next steps need to be. You may be in a season of uh, your profession or relationship, whatever, but it's that sense of purpose, and it's the same in the kingdom of God. That the Lord does never desire that our lives be aimless, that they just kind of hold on till we get to heaven. As Paul says here, uh, the Lord has very meaningful life experiences, very meaningful ministry that He wants us to experience and flow through us, and that gives us that sense of purpose, that sense of direction. And when you have that purpose in your walk with Christ, then it really frees you from a lot of stuff that would otherwise clutter your life. Things that would just take a lot of your time, that would make you feel at the end of the day or at the end of your life that maybe it's been wasted. Purpose helps you to kind of cut through all that stuff. And also as you walk with the Lord, you walk as He leads you in His Word and the Holy Spirit's prompting, Then you really have a sense through the course of the week or that season of what your next steps need to be. And you have a sense of what you give yourself to and what you don't give yourself to. And it's not because you're any better than anybody else or you're less than anybody else, but you just know in this season what God has called you to, what He's doing in your life, this is what I need to give myself to. This is what needs to be priority in my life. The Apostle Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians 9. He said, I run straight to the goal with what? With purpose in every step. I fight, he says, "I, I fight to win. I fight like a boxer who is actually hitting something, not just the air. And so what he's saying is that we find real satisfaction. We find a real sense of fulfillment in knowing that we are being useful, that we have been made useful for a special purpose. And the way that we experience that, he says, by first being made holy. Now, that doesn't happen in any of us overnight. But if it's gonna happen at all, we have to get serious about the things that the Lord is speaking to us about. We have to say to ourselves, I want to be useful to the master. I want to be useful to what he has called me to. I wanna do and be ready to do whatever it is he needs me to do. Now it's important that we understand that actually being useful like that has a lot less to do with our IQ. It has a lot less to do with what our culture might think is, you know, special gifts or abilities. Being useful to Jesus Christ really has more to do with focus. It has to do with us hearing what it is God is speaking to us about and knowing what those next steps need to be. Without focus, what happens is we begin to give ourselves to things or pursue things kind of looking for that same sense of purpose, looking for fulfillment, looking for maybe affirmation from people or from some sense of worth from the things that we do in the natural. And, and beyond that, if we don't have focus in the Lord, we tend to tolerate things in our lives that don't really be, uh, belong there. And we end up missing what it is the Lord has for us because there's just this lack of clarity. You see, there's lots of good things that can be done and in their season, it may be the right thing. But there are also a lot of good things that we can give ourselves to that really are just filling time and space in our lives. We're we're looking for that sense of purpose that the Lord would give to us, but because we're not really finding that in Him or looking for that in Him, we we commit ourselves to other things, other projects, self-improvement, whatever it may be. We give ourselves to those things, and it just becomes something that, you know, kind of robs us in our walk with the Lord of that real confidence. And again, this happens to all of us. And that's why the Lord is always drawing our attention to things that He wants to grow in us. Things He wants to show us. Things He wants to cleanse us of. Things He wants to, to change in our lives for the good. And yet, I really want to emphasize this morning that we are the ones who make that choice. I love what Belen shared this morning about that, that inactivity. That's a very real thing in many believers' lives. That's spiritual inactivity. And it's something that that really we have to deal with in our flesh. But it's a choice that we have to make. Paul says, all who make themselves clean or holy. Now, we know if we've served the Lord or known the Lord for any period of time, we know that we don't make ourselves clean. That is, when we first come to Christ. We know that's something that only Jesus can do, right? It's not about us doing enough good works or being, you know, cleaning ourselves up so that God accepts us, right? If you don't know Jesus this morning, I want to tell you, you just come to him where you are and as you are. You don't clean yourself up. Like the old saying goes, you don't take a shower before you take a bath, right? You just hop in the tub. You hop in the shower. You're dirty. You need to be clean. It's the same with the Lord. He's not looking for us to clean ourselves up before we come to him. And so the Lord just says to come as we are. But what Paul is saying here is he's talking to people who already know the Lord, people who already know the Word of God. And he says to that believer, I want you to play a part in the growth that I want to bring into your life. I want you to understand it's not going to happen just in kind of this you know, instantaneous thunderbolt and you're just going to be radically changed. Now, we can have those moments that are destiny-defining, But in the everyday growing that the Lord has for us and moving toward that usefulness, the Lord says, I want you to be involved in this process. In other words, He says, I want you to want what I want for you. I want you to discover what my purpose is for you, what I I want to be doing in your life in this season, and I want you to want that. And so what happens is that change actually begins to happen in our lives when we allow or act on the things the Holy Spirit Is highlighting to us. And as I allow the Lord to do those things in my life, as I submit to those things, His life begins to flow in me, and He begins to flush out those things that have gotten mixed into my life. He flushes those things out, and He brings again that sense of clarity. You see, confusion comes in our lives when we allow things to get mixed into our life that don't really belong there. Or that may even be good things, but they don't belong in that season. They're just a distraction. A lady comes to my mind from a church we were in many years ago, a godly lady, and I, I asked of her just to do a simple thing. I didn't think much of it. And she said, Pastor, and she's a gracious lady, she said, I'll pray about that, Pastor, to see if the Lord will let me do it. Now, that might sound flaky to some people, but I know her. That wasn't flaky at all. She just understood that she lived life with a sense of intentionality. She wasn't being hard to get along with. She wasn't better than anybody else, whatever. But she knew that anything she was to take on, she had to have the clearance from the Lord because she knew the Lord was doing specific things or calling her to certain things in her life in that season. I really admired that, and it was a a wonderful life lesson for me as a young pastor. So Paul mentions in verse 20, he mentions items of gold and silver, items of wood and clay. And he talks about these items being in a large house. And, of course, he's talking about the family of God in Ephesians 6.10. He talks about the household of faith. He's talking about us. And he says this in verse 20. In a large house, there's not only things made of gold and silver, but also things made of wood and clay. Some things are used for special purposes. Others are made for ordinary jobs. Now, this is the crux of what we really need to understand if we're going to take action. Why are the silver and gold items considered special? Very simply, because they are being used for special purposes. For example, in that household, if you can imagine these items, it's like he's saying the food is served on, you know, fine china, or the room is lit with a golden candelabra, uh, or whatever. The wine is poured into a golden chalice. I mean, these are used for special purpose, and so that's why they're called special. And in the same sense, God has a place for every single one of us that is special. It's special to you for who you are, your calling, the gifts God has given you, the heart God has given you, the place where you've been placed in the workforce or in your community, in your neighborhood. There are special things that God has for all of us. What I mean by special is specific things that he's placed you into or given you or called you to or invites you to, to join with him in doing, and those are special things. It may be, just like that analogy, it may be bringing the light of Christ into a dark world. It may be, you know, feeding people physically or spiritually. Whatever it may be, but the Lord knows where you are. He knows who you are. In fact, the previous verse in 19, Paul says, the Lord knows those who are His. He knows those who are His sons and daughters, and He also knows where He has placed you. But he says there's also ordinary items in that same house made of wood and clay, and those are items hypothetically that you might find in the kitchen, or maybe it's a, a garbage bin or a mop bucket in the closet. There's ordinary things. They have a function, but they're just kind of ordinary, hidden away. It's not something you bring out for those special purposes. And by special purpose, what the Lord is saying, He's talking about those things that are dearest to His heart. So when you think of special, don't think like the world does of Celebrity. It's not about being in the limelight, it's not about having everybody's attention. It may be behind the scenes, but you're giving yourself to those things that are dear to the heart of God. Or maybe to the person that he wants to touch or whatever it may be. The point is Paul says that the special things and the ordinary things, they're owned by the same master. They they, they are in the same house. But the special ones are actually involved in purposes that are dear to God. That are really his priority. So again, there are things that we can do. There are causes we can take up. But the question is, is it, what's God, is it what God is doing at the moment? Is it what the Lord has called you to? Or if you believe the lie or allowed yourself to believe, well, I'm not really qualified for those special purposes. I'm just kind of more of an ordinary person. And here's the turning point, verse 21. All, say that word, all, right? Whosoever will all of us, all who make themselves clean from evil will be used for special purposes. Listen, my friends, this is very important. God has not preordained a single person in this room to be ordinary. Not one of us. We make the choice. God did not create any of us to be a garbage bin. His purpose for every single one of us is that His life, the Holy Spirit, would flow through us. That's His desire for every one of us. So wherever he places you, whatever he does through you, whether it's something obscure that nobody sees, whether it's in the limelight that everybody sees, it doesn't matter. What's important to the Lord is that you are where he wants you to be, that you're a vessel for his life to flow through, that he can touch everyone everywhere, because that's where his people are. But his people understand every one of them are special or can be special. Now, when my parents used to say to us as kids, you're special, they might have meant it a different way. Oh, that's Paul. He's special. (laughs) We're just glad he wasn't a twin, my mother would say sometimes, you know. And I know, you know, she wanted me all to herself. I'm sure that's what she meant. But the point is, being special is that you have that sense as you walk with Christ, as you move through the week, as you move through the season, you have that sense that there's, there's some intentionality with my life. I'm not just getting through till Friday. I'm not just getting through till the winter's over and I can enjoy the summers. Not that kind of thing. There's a sense of in this season, I can tell you what the Lord is doing in my life. I can tell you what he's working on in me. I can tell you what he's talking to me about. I can tell you how he's stretching me. I can tell you about some new things that I've been experiencing in the Lord. And the way this happens, of course, because Paul says he wants you to be ready to do any good work, whatever God calls you to do. And the way this happens is that you make a choice to allow the Holy Spirit to come and work on you. But you have to be willing to act on those things that the Holy Spirit's speaking to you about. Let's be really honest this morning, because I'll be the first to raise my hand. But how many would say, yeah, Pastor, I know what it is. And even this morning, I may think of something For the Lord to be speaking to me about something, but if I'm honest, my answer is, I'll get to that later, Lord. Yeah, or I know I should, but, right? We can can all have that tendency, and we can just kind of live in that same level for years and years and find that we're never really moving on, never really growing, never becoming more useful. In fact, what I've found over the years is that the Lord usually deals with areas where there's a compromising where I'm compromising what I know the Lord is speaking to me about at a given point. And it may be something as simple as, as my attitude toward my spouse. The Lord's saying, I want this area of your relationship to thrive. But there's something in your heart that's kind of locking that down. Maybe you just kind of, you're coasting along, or maybe you're impatient or angry or attitude, whatever. It could be something as simple as that. It could be something larger. But we all have ears where the Holy Spirit is saying, I want to bring more. I want to bring more freedom. You see, what God requires of me, the standard God has for my life, it is never stagnant. It's not a passive thing. And this is where I think, in the church in general, but probably more so in the Western church, where we get tripped up. We tend to embrace a Christian lifestyle. The problem with a lifestyle is it gets old, it gets stale, right? I mean, if you've been married for 25, 30 years, you know, your wife says, well, you never tell me you love me anymore. Well, I still got the marriage paper. We're still married. (laughs) Well, yeah, you're married, but where's the relationship? Where's the newness? Where's the freshness? Where's that intimacy? All those kind of things. And the same with the Lord. It's very easy for us. It's very much human nature for us just to settle in. And it might even be a good lifestyle. But I'm not really growing. I'm not hearing new things from the Lord. It's kind of become stagnant. And yet that's never the Lord's desire. Because what the Lord requires of me is never stagnant. You may be saying, well, pastor, does that mean that God's standard for my life changes? Absolutely. It sure does. It's going to change for you. Why? Because you're growing, right? If you're growing, his expectations are going to change because you're going to become accountable for more. You're going to become responsible for more. And so those things are going to change. We have a one-month grandson, one-month-old grandson. I think I already told you that, didn't I? But we were visiting there a couple of weeks ago, and I'm holding His name is Judah, little, little Judah. And uh, actually his name is Paul Judah, but, you know, I don't want to go into the details, but I just call him Judah. Um, so I'm holding him, and he spits up on me. And my daughter-in-law was just, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, let me take him, i wash. I said, no, 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 I'm not going to wash this shirt. That's the first time he spit up on me. This is going in the drawer, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to frame this, right? Now, if Judah's 26-year-old father spit up on me, it might be a different matter. (laughs) I'm probably going to wash that shirt. Because you see, when you're growing, you become responsible for more. And responsibility is not a bad thing, right? I mean, when you mature as a teenager, you get to that place. What's that measure of maturity, right? You get the keys to the car. As reluctant as your parents may be, they're probably not going to give you the keys unless they really feel at peace to some degree. Okay, they're mature, they demonstrate maturity, I can hand them over the keys to the car. And so that responsibility is there, but also with that comes freedom. Just a different level of freedom. So when the Lord increases our accountability or increases our responsibility, it's not a burdensome thing. He brings us into experiencing more of who he is and what he has from us. You see, God's expectations for us are never static. They're never stagnant. God wants you and me always to be experiencing new revelation, new insight into his word, new insight into our relationship with him. He wants us to grow in a sense of clarity. A sense of focus in the kingdom, more wisdom, more authority, increased anointing. That's what the Lord has for all of us. It's always meant to be fresh, to be growing. Now, there's some of us in God's family who never really arrive at that place of real usefulness. But I want us to understand, friends, it's never because we don't have what it takes. That's not the reason. The reason is we have grown to assume that the status quo is enough. That's the only reason. The, 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 the limitations are not from the Lord. The, the, the stoppage and growth is not from the Lord. It's from us believing the lie. Number one, well, I'm just ordinary. I'm not special. And number two, well, if I compare myself to everybody else, I, I, I'm good enough. I'm sure this is okay. But you see, the Bible says God has chosen What seemingly looks foolish to confound the world that thinks it's so wise. He's chosen to select those who may seem to be weak in others' eyes to, to conquer the strong. You see, God doesn't use that same criteria. He simply uses the person who says, Lord, you've made me for more. I'm not an ordinary person, I'm special. I'm your daughter. I'm your son. You have a special purpose for me, and I want to be used that way. Now, there are also some of us in the body of Christ who are used by the Lord to some capacity, some degree, but yet the Lord would use us more if we would get serious about what he's talking about us about. Figure that out. You see, we can even kind of coast along so far in just our natural abilities, But the problem with that is that the kingdom involves supernatural abilities. The Lord can use natural abilities, but he wants to anoint what he's gifted us to do because there's certain things in the kingdom, certain things in people's lives that will never be dislodged unless the dynamite of the Holy Spirit is actually flowing through the believer's life. Unless the presence of God is actually there. Unless the gifts of the Spirit are actually in operation. Unless the person themselves either realizes, you know what, in this situation, Lord, because you're in me, I am here. I need to step up. And I need to give you opportunity, Lord, to dislodge something here, to do something here, because I'm not just ordinary. It's a lie that we tend to believe sometimes. And in fact, there's even some things in our life that we feel, you know what, Yeah, I, I probably shouldn't do that, or you know, even other Christians do it, so maybe it's not too bad. And in fact, I really can't find anywhere in the Bible that it says it's sin. And, and so we think it's no big deal. But listen, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, You need to understand that not doing what we shouldn't do, what the Lord put his finger on, it's not about us losing our salvation and going to hell. If you walk with Jesus for any period of time, you understand what it's all about. Is I am saved. I'm a child of God. It's about how much heaven can flow through me. It's not about what I can't do. It's who I am in Christ. I want more of heaven to flow through me, more of his presence to be in my life, to flow through my life. Lord, I want to be cleansed and useful to the one who saved me. So I have to give attention to those little things that the Holy Spirit is speaking to me about because they will bring big change. Those little points of obedience oftentimes dislodge big things and bring me into a whole new dimension of what's been on my heart, oftentimes in the form of, of longings and desires that I just kind of think, oh, wouldn't it be nice if? And the Lord says, the reason you're thinking that is because I've placed a desire in your heart. That's what I will bring you into, if you will. Listen to what I'm talking to you about. My, my grandfather died at the age of 59. A wonderful, wonderful man, just a, a lovely man, loving heart. Died at 59, but he died of a disease brought on by smoking. Heavy, heavy smoker for a number of years. Knew he shouldn't have been smoking, knew it was a bad habit. Even back in those days, that's going to be 45, 50 years ago, however long ago it was now. But even in those days, knew the difference, and yet just wouldn't give it up. And that disease killed him at the age of 59. Now, my father is in his late 80s. So it's very probable that my grandfather probably would have lived at least another 20, maybe even more years, if he had simply obeyed the Lord. It wasn't a matter of God loving him any less. It was just the Lord saying, hey, you know, you need to give that up. And, of course, I grew up without him for most of my life. Now, that's just a simple, practical, you know, illustration. But, friends, there are things that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about. And he's saying, listen, if you'll obey me, I'll bring life into that area. I mean, it's up to you. You can Keep disobeying. You can keep hanging on to it. You can keep practicing it. It may be even stuff other Christians are doing, but you know I'm talking to you. Don't worry about them. I'm talking to you, right? Remember, I think it's in John chapter twenty, the end of John, where where Jesus is on the shore with the disciples, and he's he's telling Peter, you know, what's going to happen to him. They're going to come one day. They're going to handcuff you and kind of take you away. And 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 Peter looks at whom we assume he's not named, but we assume it's John, and he says, "Well, what about him? And what does Jesus say?" don't worry about him. Peter, you follow me. You follow me. I have a call in your life. I have gifts I've given to you. There's things I'm asking of you. There's things you're going to experience. You and John have different destinies. Don't worry about him. And friends, there are things in all of our hearts that the Lord is saying, if you would only get serious. Number one, stop believing the lie that you're ordinary. I don't call you ordinary. I've not preordained anyone to be ordinary. So don't believe that lie. And number two, stop comparing yourselves to anybody else. And number three, listen to what I'm speaking to you. Submit my word to you. That's all that matters. Don't worry about him. Don't worry about her. You follow me. Keep your eyes on me. That's what it means to follow the Lord, to walk with Jesus Christ. You see, being useful to the master has nothing to do with just natural abilities. It has to do with allowing the Lord to show you those areas where things have gotten mixed into your heart, into your mind, so you can actually begin to live with a sense of clarity rather than just kind of stumbling around. Now, how do we deal with those things that maybe the Lord speaks to us, or how do we even discern those things? I believe very simply we come to the Lord, we just kneel before the Lord, and we say, Lord, I don't know exactly what it is. We all have these seasons. I I really can't put my finger on it, Lord, but if I'm honest, there's just this general sense of fogginess in my life. Lord, if I'm honest, I just kind of feel like I'm, I'm in losing focus. I, I, I feel like getting distracted by stuff, and I don't really feel like I have that clarity. I don't really feel in my walk with you, what my next steps are. So, so, Lord, I just come and I humble myself before you, and Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would just shine your light on whatever it may be. Would you just, Lord, you just bring those things to the surface, and then you just take your journal, and you start just jotting down the things the Holy Spirit's speaking to your heart. And the Lord says very lovingly, okay, now let's begin to work on this. And what happens as you begin to work on the things the Holy Spirit is showing you, he brings you from freedom to freedom, from strength to strength, from grace to grace. Then Paul says, you will be made holy, useful to the master, ready to do any good work. I'm sure we've all had the experience, maybe some of us more than others, unfortunately, where we just find ourselves in a situation and we just know the Lord has arranged that and maybe somebody has a need or they're open to hear the gospel or maybe there's a, a prayer need, they have whatever, you know, or maybe they start talking with theology or the Bible, they're from another, you know, denomination or cult or anything, you know, and you've had those times where, oh, Lord, I wish I had devotions this morning. Oh, Lord, I, you know, I wish I'd read your word this week, whatever, you know, you just feel like you're caught off guard, right? You feel like, oh, I'm not ready. You know, I just kind of blew that opportunity. That's what what Paul is saying. The Lord just wants us to walk with him in a hearing and responding kind of way to what he's showing us so that we are always ready. Doesn't mean we always have the best answer or whatever goes the way we expect, but we're always ready for the Lord to be able to use us. But the important thing is understanding that it's God who does the change. But what I need to do is I need to come to him and say, Lord, purify my heart. I don't want there to be obstructions to your presence in my life. It's not something I do. It's something I allow the Holy Spirit to do by inviting them in. i close with the story from John 13. You'll remember when Jesus was in the room with the disciples, and he, as the disciples were seated, back in those days you wore your sandals, you walked through the dust, And so it was customary to wash feet, but Jesus is the one who takes the basin of water and the towel, and he stoops down, and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. And he comes to Peter, and Peter says right away, no, Jesus, you can't wash my feet. That's too far beneath you. I I should be washing your feet. And what does Jesus say? He says, Peter, unless you let me wash your feet, you can't be part of what I'm doing. And true to form, Peter says, well, in that case, Lord, wash all of me. And listen to what Jesus says in John 13, 10, this is really important. He says, the one who has bathed only needs to wash their feet to be clean all over. And you, Peter, are clean. It's just your feet. It's just your feet. It's okay. It's just your feet. If you know Jesus this morning, then you have already been made clean. And you've got to stop listening to the enemy who wants you to think that your whole life is dirty or your whole life is useless or God can't use or I'm just ordinary, I'm nobody special because I can think of something that maybe I, that disqualifies me. The Lord says, no, 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 listen to me. You have been made clean. You have been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are born again. You are made new. The Holy Spirit lives in you. Now, if you hold on to sin or disobedience or complacency or apathy, if you allow anything to get mixed into your life, I want to wash that. But I want to wash the thing that I'm speaking to you about. I want to deal with that. I want to change the thing that I'm speaking to you about. Stop listening to the devil thinking, well, I just can't do anything because of this. The Lord says, no, you're clean. You're my child. But I want to deal with this, right? Because it's sin. It's disobedience. Whatever it may be, that's what makes that distance between you and the Lord. But he says, we close that gap real quick. When you get serious with the things I'm talking to you about, and you allow the Lord to wash it away and to make you clean. And I believe the Lord would say to you this morning, if you know him, you are clean. You are special. I've given you gifts. You have longings in your heart, not because of your own good nature, but the Holy Spirit is the one who bursts those things into you because he's calling you to more. Not, not because he just wants more from you. He's saying, listen, you have so much more authority than you realize. You have so many more rights in the kingdom. You have, you have so much more available to you in your walk with Christ than you give yourself credit for. And I want to bring you into the fullness of that. It may never be a stage, it may never be the limelight, whatever it may be, but you will know in your heart wherever you are. Wow, Lord, that was really special what you did. That was really special the way you used me today. That was really a special thing that you did for my coworker when I stepped out. Or You follow me this morning? That's where the specialness is. It's in the purposes for which God has qualified us to live and to, and to minister. I believe the Lord is looking for people who will say, Lord, make me holy. Lord, make me useful for you. You have saved me, you've rescued me. I want to be useful to you. Lord, I, I want that purpose. I want the clarity that your purposes bring to life. I want to know what my next steps are. I don't want to live in the natural cycles and seasons of everybody else where we just work till Friday or we get through the winter, wait till the summer, can't wait to vacation. Those are all fine things. But Lord, every day can have a sense of purpose. Every day can have a sense of something that you're working on me. It may have nothing to do with what we call ministry. It may just be to enrich my home life to be a better employee, to be a better witness, to be more sensitive to people around me and and attuned to what you're doing so when you, you know, drop a thought in my heart, I'll step out and, and you can minister, whatever capacity it is. But Lord, I just want that sense that I'm truly useful because I know it's your desire. It's not something I earn. It's something you do. But you do it when I allow you to come and show me those areas that bring grayness or confusion or that lack of certainty. Just bow your hearts with me this morning for a moment. I'm going to ask the ministry team to come if you would. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, then you need that bath. You need to be cleansed from head to toe. And the reason you can be is because Jesus loves you and he really does have an incredible purpose for your life it's so special you're so special he died on a cross in your place to free you and cleanse you and if you know jesus that i want to encourage you this morning in these 21 days let's get serious about the things the lord is speaking to us about that he puts his finger on and says yeah You know, right now there's a lot of grayness and confusion because there's just kind of stuff in the mix that you're tolerating. Let's begin to specifically deal with those things. Let me bring clarity to your heart. Let me give you some goals. Let me give you some next steps. Thanks for listening to the GT Moncton Podcast. For full services, head over to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions or want to get connected, go to gtmoncton.com and follow us on social media at gtmoncton to stay up to date on what's happening here at GT. God bless.